0: If you're ready to confront your destiny, if this is the moment that you've been praying for, tune in and listen to your cosmic cheerleader, Commander Lady Athena, for Cosmic Pep Talks, for Closet Christ. The show is the voice of the Ashtar Command. The call is for you to step forward into your greatness. Be listening on Wednesday. We have an appointment with destiny. Greetings in the supreme love of which we are each an extension and embodiment of. I'm Commander Lady Athena, and you're listening to the voice of the Ashtar Galactic Command, Cosmic Pep Talks for Closet Christs. This evening, our seminar topic is, Our Experiences Beyond the Physical Dimension. So, if you're ready, let's take a deep, relaxing breath together. Ah. Just relax with an ah. Let's do it again. Deep breath. Ah. And feel yourself completely relax. Wherever you are, just Consciously, relax your shoulders. Relax your jaw. Just be attentive to where you may be holding tension. And with the next breath, just allow it to release. Deep breath. Ah. If we could remember to do that periodically throughout the day, our health would improve, our stress levels would drastically reduce, and we would be able to work with greater clarity of mind on our job and more connected when we're interacting with people. So simple. And we forget to do it. (laughs) Me too. I have to make a conscious effort to remember to do that. So this time we are going to take a deep breath. And at that time we are going to call ourselves forward as a conscious indweller in this body-mind vehicle. Let's take a deep breath. And visualize yourself entering your body through the top of your head, connecting with your spirit, soul, higher self, into the illumined portion of the mind that we call the buddhi, down into the physical brain, down into the nervous system and flood your entire body and all of your cells with light. Visualize the light just flowing through every single cell in your body, rejuvenating, regenerating, sparking greater light, greater purity, purification, attunement, sensitivity to spirit. As you're doing this, sense the feeling that comes with integrating yourself, your divine self, your whole light being self. As that pure spiritual light enters the physical body, it touches in and is experienced through the magnetic field which gives you the sense of sensual perception. So while spirit is silent, it always announces its presence through the magnetic field. And when you're working consciously, multidimensionally, as this particular instrument is that's speaking to you right now, You become very sensitive to attunement, to that divine flow that we call higher awareness. It has absolutely nothing to do with thought. It's pure. That's it. Many of you are sensing it right now. So we're going to chant the hue three times which brings a tremendous clarity through your levels and I'll show you how to work with the hue in a meditative state but I cannot do it over the air because some of you listening may be driving or may be in a place in which you cannot leave your body safely. And this meditation will ena- enable you to move yourself beyond the physical dimension. So I will describe it. And then you can do it on your own time. But first, we're going to chant the hue three times. Deep breath. Hiss- Mind is brought to absolute silence. Quiet, clean, clear. All the static is gone. So to use it in a meditation, which again I'm going to describe, don't do it because you're going to be leaving your physical dimension (laughs) and localized personal self. Um... You would chant the hue out loud until it comes to its own termination. In other words, there will be a point in which it simply drops away. It could be three times, it could be 10 times. Does't matter. Just pay attention to the sound, because that is the actual reflection of the flow of God's divine living word. And it has its own way of working with you. So you would chant the hue, And then you would focus inside, back inside the center of your head, very gently, no forcing. And you would listen. And with practice, you will learn to hear the sound current which is literally the living word of God. It speaks to you all the time. It lets you know you're connected all the time. So once you have that connection made, you will never ever feel alone. You will experience the tangible connection to your divine source all the time no matter how much noise is going on outside, you will be able to tune in to that place back inside the center of your head, the seat of the soul. And you will listen and train yourself to hear the sound that is the inner sound, quite distinctly different than the outer sounds that you hear in your environment. But once you've connected into that, You can talk, as I am right now, and I'm hearing the sound current. All sorts of noise can be going on in your environment, and you still have that connection. So tonight we're going to look at something that um, I think is of interest to all of us. We want to experience life beyond the physical, conceptual, Limitations that come with believing that you are in a body, in a world that's physically defined. None of that is true. None of that is real. We could say it's a relative reality and an operational format that enables us to move through time-space and make sense of it. If you can make sense of an utter dream and an utter illusion. <laughs> Nevertheless, here we are, and that's what we're doing. Now, what we're learning to do is to recognize what we've already been doing all along, but we just haven't recognized that was it. Many people have been multidimensionally moving their inner awareness for a long, long time. Many of you have been initiated into the sound current, as I have been, that are working with that lineage of masters that works consciously and beyond the physical, that has the keys to unlock and establish the soul at each level. They're called the spiritual travelers, the mystical travelers. And this instrument that's speaking to you is in that lineage and operates in that lineage and is part of that group of masters that works out of body with humanity. So that consciousness works with every single one of you. And its work is to assist you to move into what we would call soul awareness or soul expansion, and to be able to identify the geography of the inner spirit in terms of a specific color, a specific sound, So that when you move into that inner space, that we could call the soul or soul expansion, I like that term, soul expansion, you can identify, for a while at least, where you are. What dimension you're operating in, what vehicle of consciousness you happen to be operating in, and in some cases, several vehicles at the same time, when you get really good at it. (laughs) So to begin with, let's look at the many ways that you're already doing this, but maybe we're not aware that was it. (laughs) You know, it's so natural and so normal that you don't realize it's really, really, a spiritual skill it's a multidimensional ability that you have cultivated I would say over many 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 lifetimes which is why you were drawn to listen to these particular discourses or seminars whatever you want to call them each week because I can identify the levels and the things that you're experiencing that nobody talks about because it is the inner life. It's the inner life of spirit. It's not getting involved in all of the storyline, conceptual, imaginative forays that we have been trained in in almost every discipline because 999 Tens of the people on the planet don't understand life beyond the mind. All of the teachings on the planet, even the highest, only go as high as the mental plane. That's why at a certain point you have to step aside from all of the outer and go within. How many times have we been told that? So, here are the many ways that you go within each night, every day, and you may not have realized you were moving into one of your subtle bodies. I'm going to go through the subtle bodies now, just so you have an idea of what we're talking about. Every one of us has seven levels of consciousness. We have the physical body. Then you have the etheric physical, which some people call the astral double. In other words, the physical etheric is you as an energy form. It looks kind of like um, a fog body. (laughs) A body made of fog. (laughs) That's the best way I could describe it. Then you have the astral body which again is a duplicate of your physical body but it is made of imagination and the realm in which it operates is imaginative. So everything that you have imagined you have created in your astral realm. (laughs) That's why when you you do a study, for example, like the Tibetan Book of the Dead, and you're taken through the the levels, the bardos of the wrathful deities and the beneficent deities, the training is that everything you see at that level is coming out of your own mind, your own imagination. And so the training in Buddhism is to hold your mind steady, in the higher awareness so that you can look at the things around you and not freak out, <laughs> basically, to keep going, you know, not to pay attention to what you see. The next level is called the causal, which is a higher level of feeling that we would call the emotional body. That's also the body that contains the seeds of your previous activities or karma, that you um, come to work out. And so you will have present seeds that you are generating in your daily life. You'll have seeds that are apportioned just for this particular lifetime to be worked out. And then you have the seeds that are held in reserve for another time and place, more appropriate for working out whatever it is. That's your causal body. So again, that's the emotional level. Then you have the mental body. We all know what that is. It's the body of concepts and thinking and memory, all of that. And then you have a higher level of the mind, which is called the booty or the soul. Then you have 27 levels within the soul that would be states of consciousness that you move through to move into the Atmic level of pure spirit, sometimes called the monad or the I am. All of that is in you all the time. Moreover, each of those seven levels of consciousness exist in each of these particular planes, the physical, the physical etheric, The astral, the causal, the mental, the buddhic, and then the atmic plane is the totality, unified as one. So we are all moving in and out of these levels all the time. For example, you sit down to have a meal. The first thing you do is move into your astral body through your imagination. You imagine what that particular dish is going to taste like because of a memory. So you've moved into a portion of your mental body. So you have your astral and your mental and your physical all engaged in that process. You're probably salivating (laughs) in some cases when you look at some dishes because your associative memory is conjuring up what it tasted like before and imagining what it will taste like when it arrives on your plate. So you see, you have moved from the physical into the astral, into the mental, and all you've done is sit down to look at a menu. But you can apply that same principle to any time you're wool-gathering, daydreaming, uh, wishing that you were, you know, those bumper stickers that said, I'd rather be fishing, that sort of thing there's a part of you that immediately externalizes to that level, which would be the astral imaginative uh, imaginative level where you're fishing or whatever it is that you would rather be doing than sitting and driving your car. (laughs) So you get the idea. We're constantly moving in and out and in and out of these levels all the time, and we just don't realize it for what it is. Now, some of the things that were so unmindful of, that we're doing just because that's what we're all doing, is we're constantly moving into a different dimensional state of life. Every time we go to sleep at night, we go to sleep, everybody in the world, all animals, all people, everything, leaves their physical body. And depending on their level of interest, their karma, their uh, training, their intention, the level of initiation they may be working through, they're going to be engaged in different activities. Now, in our lineage of the sound current, The masters that work on that lineage, which work, by the way, with everybody on the planet when they're ready, when they're ready to really get to business here and start to make this your last series of incarnations, you will meet a spiritual traveler, and they will start working with you on the invisible levels, and then, if it's your destiny, you will meet one in the physical and receive initiation. So that inner master can appear to you in any form. The spiritual traveler came to me when I was 12 years old. The spiritual traveler that came to me was my past teacher on Venus, and his name was John Roger. And I was standing outside in, on a hot, muggy Florida night, Looking up at the stars, sensing in my spirit that I had a a call to be here on this planet. I couldn't remember what it was, but it was pulling me and tugging me and, and I felt like, I felt like there was no love on this planet. I came in quite conscious of having been brought here and I was not part of the earth family that I was dropped into. And I kept complaining. I said, you know, when can I go home to my real family? And, uh, of course, I didn't meet with a lot of enthusiasm with my parents, but I was quite persistent. And then finally I realized uh I was kind of trapped here in a world that looked to me like no love. And I thought, you know, I, I just can't be here in this world that's so... Unloving. Everybody's so serious and, and, you know, I didn't know what to do, so I was crying anyway and looking up the stars. I said, whoever brought me here, would you please come and take me home? I can't stay here. There's not enough love. That night, the spiritual traveler appeared in my dreams. I didn't know who that was or what it was. I had no, con- well, I was 12 years old. I had no concept of any of that. But he was a friend that stood beside me. I would hear him speak to me in my mind, sometimes not physically, but at that level. It would seem like he was talking to me, but I would hear it in my mind. And that went on for uh, 20 years, 20 years. He was mentoring me and teaching me. And uh, 20 years later, I walked into my first movement of spiritual inner awareness seminar. It's called MSIA went into my first seminar and recognized him. And I walked up and I said, are you that young blonde man that's been appearing in my dreams? He said, yes, love. I've been working with you in this life since about junior high. Well, he nailed it. (laughs) So that's how the traveler appeared to me. And later I found out that he actually literally was the person who had brought me here to this planet from Venus And that's, and, and his job was and is to take us home, to take me home. So he responded literally to what I asked. So whenever you ask to go home, to go to your big home with a capital H, that is sure to draw a traveler into your inner consciousness. And then, you can recognize that you are in tow, you are being trained. Whether or not you meet that person in the physical, it doesn't really matter. The connection is made. And the traveler that takes all souls, without exception, up to the soul realm is the Master Jesus. So if you're a good Christian, if you're, you're, you know, if you're following that path, you're, you're right in the line of the spiritual travelers, If you're a good practicing Jew and working with the the information in the Torah, the lineage of travelers, you can read it right in the Bible. All those lines of patriarchs are part of the traveler lineage. Or maybe you're into philosophy and you're studying philosophy. Well, Socrates and and all of these great um, Grecian men and women of wisdom, they were all in that lineage. So whatever lineage you're working, same thing with Islam. Uh, Moses was a traveler. Muhammad was a traveler. Um, If you look at all of the great heads of all of the great religions, they all are of the traveler lineage. So you might say it's the mainline home. (laughs) It's the express train home. Because you can use the light to go only so far. But to go beyond the psychic realms, you have to have the sound current. You have to have the light and the sound. So most of the the spiritual paths emphasize the light. And they don't know the sound, or the sound is reserved to an inner esoteric circle of inner teachings. And you'll see that also in almost every spiritual group. You'll find there's an inner circle of mystics, that have, well, we could call it the lost cord or the the living word that goes beyond the written word. So when the Bible says that many have the letter of the word, but they're missing the spirit, what what is being implied is they have the knowledge that comes from books, from the mind, but they don't have the key, which is the living word of God. And what I will tell you is that once that living word has touched you, it is the sweetest embrace of the beloved you will ever, ever know. You will find yourself in such deep love of God, of all life, all people, of everything. That sometimes you, you simply moan in ecstasy. There's experiences so profound that you can't even utter a word. You're in such a transport of spirit. You're lifted up into the very, very highest realms of God. I remember I was talking uh, to my uh, housemate here about the great composer Handel, He would tell his housekeeper, whoever it was that would bring his meals, to not disturb him. And his plate of food would be put outside the door. And he would sometimes, it would be there for days. And he wouldn't come out of his room. He was composing this music directly from the sound current, from the higher realms of spirit. He was transposing it down into the physical. Of course, we're all familiar with the Handel, uh, Handel's Messiah. Those sort of things came, came out of his being lifted beyond the, spirit, the uh, physical into the very highest divine throne realms of God. And he would come out and his face would be glowing and he said, I have seen the very glory of God. That's an example of a person who has been lifted in the expansion of his inner awareness into the very highest divine realms and was able to bring that through in his music. Wherever Handel's Messiah is played, it's interesting. The crime rate is practically non-existent. Or maybe in some places it is non-existent. I I, I don't know. I haven't done the the, um, study of that. But I know during the season, whenever Handel's Messiah is played, that vibration goes out. And everyone is affected by it. So we move in and out of these states. And we have to allow God's living word to have its way with us. We have to yield into that divine space, that divine connection. And as we do, we find that we live life transcendentally at a whole different level. It arranges everything And so we in this consciousness in which we are operating, whatever level we're operating at, our dharma is to do the best we can with what we know, but always to realize that something greater is living its life through us as us. Something greater is living this life, is operating through this vehicle. And it's nothing that your mind has ever conjured up The mind actually is completely misleading. The mind is the worst enemy you could possibly have until it has submitted to the flow of the divine spirit. Then it becomes a useful tool to move through time-space to hold the focus steady so that you can keep moving your awareness toward divine union, divine, yeah, divine unification and integration. So some of the ways that we have moved in and out just naturally and normally is that we have these flights of fancy and this dreaming while we're asleep. Now, many people are troubled with nightmares. <clears throat> Excuse me. This lineage of the spiritual travelers that we're describing works out your worst karma on the inner planes through night travel or sleep, as you want to call it. So you will have this crazy, crazy, crazy dream, which is, makes no sense. You can't really make much of it at all except that it's a jambled mess. It's that way because it is a bleed-through of many dimensions in which you have generated an action that has then the need to have a reaction. So you have the action-reaction cycle, which is worked off at that level so that you don't have to go through it in the physical You might stub your toe instead of uh, falling and breaking your leg. Uh, Things like that. Uh, Your karma, that you're responsible for every thought, word, and deed that you have released. Every energy that you've released, you're the creator of that. So everything has to return to its creative source. Even if you're creating mischief and nonsense, and you're unconscious that you're doing that, that law is still, everything has to return to its creator. So that's why you have what's called karma on those different dimensional levels. So with the traveler working with you, that karma is worked off in a sleep state. Now, when you have lots of nightmares, you're working through some really heavy karma on the emotional level. So it doesn't mean anything. It's nothing you have to do anything with it. Just recognize that that's what it is. Now, children before the age of about six have trouble very, very often with nightmares because they don't have the filtering yet to be able to process what they're going through. And so they just receive those uh, energies very often from an immediate past life. Sometimes it's, it was a violent one. There are many people that are being uh, reborn from the Second World War and the First World War. They have these violent, violent dreams. There's many children that can remember in great detail being a pilot, for example, being shot down in the Second or First World Second World War. Um, things like that. If you look at the YouTube's, there's many, 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 many children that remember in exact detail their immediate past life, and they or they would uh, have that recall, they would have these dreadful dreams. So understanding that this is working out things the fastest way and the, the most painless way possible for you uh, is a very good thing. When you have a dream in which you you, le- you feel like you faint, that's when you pass from one level to the next. If you have dreams where you experience yourself dying, that's, again, you are transitioning from one dimension to another. Sometimes you're reliving a past uh, death. That's uh, also possible. But more likely than not, you are moving from that plane into the plane of unconsciousness and into another dimension. Between each of those levels that I spoke of, there's a, a void or a an etheric realm of um, nothingness. (laughs) Um, It's like that gap where you go completely unconscious for a minute and then you find yourself in another level. When you have a dream within a dream within a dream that's when you are actually moving to another dimension, another dimension, another dimension, another dimension. Now Keeping track of all of that can help you from worrying and feeling like there's something wrong with you, but you don't need to do anything with it. That is the work that the spiritual travelers do with you, and it's part of your return home. It's untying the knots that you have made in your life, (laughs) that ball of yarn that you totally twisted around, And it's unraveling it and bringing you into a clear presentation in your inner self so that you can be free and transcend into the full awareness of your divine perfection. So it's a returning in memory to your divine perfection, which is always there. So what we are clearing is our own storylines, our own concepts, our own interpretations that we've made of things, and yet we have the absolute ability to completely um, take charge over our position in time and space and the reality that we would interact with. We have that power, that ability. We just are not used to um, operating with it. The key, really, is to align what you want physically, emotionally, mentally, with spirit. When all of that's aligned, there's immediate manifestation. And we don't have manifestation when we're scattered and we're not aligned and integrated. That makes sense, don't you think? So the imaging in the mind always creates our place in time-space. Every time you imagine, in your mind, that you'd rather be someplace else, you are that place that you want to be instantly. The only reason you're not aware of it is, again, the fact that your mind keeps darting from one thing to another, and you don't hold that consistency of thought. I am bilocated, actually, I located my physical body to the ashram of Satya Sai Baba. I had such a desire to be with him. I was in America, and I was completely aligned mentally, physically, emotionally, imaginatively. Every level was one-pointed aligned to be with Sai Baba in his ashram. The next thing I knew, I was. That wonderful scent that's so characteristic of India, a mixture of spices and cow dung and incense and uh, smoke from the kerosene stoves, all of that kind of smells like India. I was there in the ashram, feeling the sand under my feet and the little pebbles. And I said, oh, my God. (laughs) And, of course, that shot me back in my body. That was an early experience since I've become, you know, more cool at bilocating. (laughs) But just to let you know, that was my very first experience of doing exactly what I'm telling you. um, When you're consistent in all those levels, you bilocate. Consistency and sustained focus and then being really cool about it when you arrive is the key. But that happens all the time. We're sitting in an interview with Sai Baba. Many of us from California, and he said, "Your body is here with me, but your mind is in California," which was true. We were homesick. <laughs> we were tired of eating fire, fire and brimstone. You know, it was, it was food so hot it makes your eyes water. Uh, we would have given anything for a salad and a glass of cold milk and some ice cream. <laughs> anything that was familiar. So, you know, the physical body was so uncomfortable that it distracted us from being fully present with Sai Baba, unfortunately. And again, you know, this was in the early years when we first went to him and uh, we were, you know, didn't know anything about anything about avatars or India or any of that. So, again... We, we can't fault ourselves for all of these things because they simply are what they are. And we learn the skillful means of working with ourselves so that we get the best advantage out of whatever we are, whatever we're doing, and we don't keep making ourselves wrong because we don't understand what's going on. We don't have enough information to judge our process, bottom line. Now, whenever you go aboard ship with the Ashtar Command, uh, probably, probably, you always go in your etheric physical body or your astral body. I'm a little hesitant about that because it's possible that the swiss gen- gentleman that was working with the pleiadians was taken physically aboard ship sure sounds like he was i know in my case i have been beam- been beamed aboard ship several times consciously one time when i was i think i've told you this story i was driving from mount shasta back to los angeles and uh I got really sleepy, and I had just about enough time to drive off the side of the road in this little shaded area when I watched my hands on the steering wheel turn into a body of stars. Now, that's an astral body. That's why it's called astral, means starry. So your astral body looks like a a star field, and that's what I saw. I saw my hands on the steering wheel turn into stars. And then I felt myself lifted up and I was face-to-face with Ashtar aboard a shuttlecraft that was positioned over the car. The sign that the Ashtar command was coming um, was the sleepiness because when the Ashtar command is calling you forward into that dimension and that level, um, you get tremendously sleepy. Sometimes during the day, you know, I just have to lie down and, and go because I'm being summoned aboard ship for some reason. And my experience... Uh, was one of absolute rapture, I felt such an overwhelming love of god i can 't even begin to describe it. so when the Christians speak about being caught up to be with the Lord to being raptured, oh yes, oh yes, that is exactly what it is. It is rapture that catches you up and out of the physical dimension into oh, into the presence. A divine presence, well, Lord Ashtar is a very divine being, but my experience is not so much focused on Ashtar as an outer form. Ashtar and I are basically so in love with with the Lord that it's the love of the Lord that causes us to feel rapture it's not. It's not a relational thing. It's an internal relationship that we have with the Lord. And so when I was put back in my body, I watched that starry body of mine reform back, you know, into the body, into the hands, holding the steering wheel. And then I drove the rest of the way to L.A. singing bhajans, (laughs) divine chants and worshiping God and just, you know, having a hallelujah party because it was such an incredible experience. That was one time. I've had many, many since. and I don't have time to tell you all of them, but I have had repeated experiences of being taken aboard ship again and again and again, in some cases for as long as two weeks. And all I can tell you is that when I was aboard ship, I had no recall of this dimension or this body or this life at all. I was completely living my life at that level. Now, at the highest level, the Ashtar command steps in and out of time and in and out of dimensional placement, meaning out of the flow of what we call sequential time. The Ashtar command is not limited to that, nor are... Any of us on this planet, really, once we really realize who we are and the abilities we have, we can move our inner awareness in and out of time. You've had that experience when you have been, for example, driving your car and all of a sudden you're at your destination and you don't remember how you got there. Or suddenly you're driving and and everything looks like it's new, like you've never seen it or noticed it before. Sometimes you have an experience where, this is really common, uh, at least it is for me, where I live an entirely different life when I go to sleep at night. I'm in a different life entirely. I have a husband. I have children. I have work that I'm doing. I have things I'm involved with that I'm working on, like a project, things I'm looking forward to, to doing. And then, bam, I wake up and I'm back here. And sometimes it's hard to decide, okay, well, which was the real life? Well, they're both real. They're just in different dimensions of existence. You can live more than one life very easily when you have become more adept at recognizing your multidimensionality. Out of time, in the eternal now, all of your lifetimes are being enacted at the same time. Now, that would make you goofy if you had that awareness down here. So down here in this life, in this body, you have what's called a time lock which is like an agreement that this is going to be your conceptual reality so that you don't, you know, look schizophrenic or, you know, they don't doubt your sanity. You you live in a way that is congruent with the reality construct. I was sharing with my friend earlier that um, when we transmit a message, speaking as the Ashtar command, when we transmit a a message, It's from our quadra station that's stationed above the Earth that has what's called a chrono-monitor. There was a a psychic um, channel. not so sure he was a psychic channel. I think he was a direct receptor of, of Ashtar Command transmissions on his ham radio operational system. Not sure about that. I think it was. And he was when he would bring through the message it sounded robotic you know it was very uh, mechanical because he was tapping into the chrono monitor the chrono monitor keeps a consistent body of information that is appropriate and consistent with the level of evolution of that particular planet and civilization you cannot give information that is above their level of consciousness It's against universal law. So it has to be apportioned according to the evolutionary cycle that that particular planet and civilization is in. And that is transmitted through what is called a chronomonitor, which has led some people to speculate that Ashtar is not a real person. He's a, a robot or something. And it's because they don't understand the vastness of what we're looking at here. You have a planet like Earth, which is kind of the clearinghouse for everybody that didn't make it the last time around. And it has been also the hosting of all of those great beings who came through in the spiritual hierarchies to minister to the people on this planet so that it would graduate and make it into the higher dimensions this time. Many of us, including myself, have come here volunteering to be part of that ground crew that assists with bringing the planet through the ascension process and back to where it was before the fall, which occurred in Atlantis. So that's why many of us are here, and we don't know why we're here, and we feel like we don't belong here. Oh, yes, you do. You volunteered to come in to serve this beautiful planet and this beautiful humanity. Now, you also are aware that you had abilities that you can't exercise here. I remember I was so frustrated with things like sewing and cooking and doing these tedious things that require doing stuff. <laughs> I was used to mentally just zapping whatever it was into existence. And um, I remember when I met Sai Baba the first time, I thought, whoa, well, this is a homeboy. <laughs> He thinks of something and immediately manifests. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, the avatars are usually from Sirius. So, uh, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, a lot of us are. Those those um, pharaohs with the elongated heads, like Pharaoh Ikhnaton and Nefertiti, and their seven daughters of which I was one. We were all from Sirius. We came in with those elongated heads. of just part of the Syrian body. The strange form that at Ad, um, Adnaughton had with the big belly and the big thighs, uh, all of us had that. That was the Syrian form. It looks kind of deformed down here, but that's the way everybody looked, you know, on those realms of Sirius. So we're such a hodgepodge of, of people. I don't think very many Earthians listen to, to these radio transmissions, because I'm really speaking to those of you... Um, who are the, the ground crew, who are the light workers, who are the ones who are awake or awakening, and those of you who are coming into missions where your mission will be to awaken um, and to teach and to heal and do whatever it is that your particular divine flow is indicating that you're to do. Sometimes you don't know what that is and because it has, the time for it hasn't arrived yet on the planet. So you have to be patient. You have to really trust that that which lives in you, through you, that divine being that you are, knows exactly the right time to assert itself into this time, time-space continuum. Many children, like myself, came in awake and aware, with little to no veiling, and these children need special care. And special, I would say, education more than anything else, and homeschooling is, of course, the best in that case. There are many things on the planet which will be rectified soon. It's Everything's getting sorted out now. Everything is coming up for clearing and resolution. And, you know, getting people to the open-hearted state of, Mutual goodwill and cooperation, which will enable them then to move into the higher dimension that we call the golden age, or the fifth dimension, or the fifth world, whatever. Um, the boarding pass for that is a heart that's open, and a, a an attitude of general goodwill toward everyone. No adversarial energy can go into the fifth dimension. It has to be open-hearted, pure, unconditional love. And um, you look at the planet, you think, well, how is that possible? Oh, you only hear the bad news through the media. There is such a wonderful movement of consciousness and awakening that's going on all over the planet. We have way gone beyond the tipping point into the positive some time back. And so all is well, all is moving exactly as it needs to now. We're just going through that that final clearing and, and, and the choosing. You know what what does that person, that soul need? that would be for its highest good? Does it need to remain in the third dimension of conflict and turmoil and all of that? Does it want to move into the golden age? Does it want to deal with its stuff, which is the fourth dimension, where you're trying to bring the healing and and all of that? Uh, You know, where are you? What's your wish? Everything will be for your highest good. Don't worry. Not one soul will be lost. We all to join in the party eventually. But some people don't want to party. They want to fight. So okay, let them go fight for a little while longer. But just saying, not to worry. Everyone is going to make it. Why? Because everyone is an incarnation of God. Could God get lost? Could God be damned to hell? Could God lose itself? You know, let's, let's look at what it is. God lives in you as you. Bottom line. All the dimensions, all of the planes, all that ever was, ever will be, lives in you now. You may not have have known how to access those parts of yourself yet. I want to go into something, and I see I'm almost out of time for tonight, but I want to just lay a seed here. Some of you... Uh, that do spiritual exercises, which is what I basically described at the beginning of our show, that's a spiritual exercise where you don't sit and wait for something to happen. You move your inner awareness to where you would experience your reality. If you want to be on Venus, okay, well, mock it up in your mind. Imagine it. Get a feeling about where you want to go. See it clearly. And then when you soul travel, you will go to that, you will experience. Well, what's that like? Well, it feels like you're imagining and projecting. That's what it feels like, okay? But when you get there, and you will get there, uh, if you want to be there, you will be there with wanting to be there. Then feel and experience whatever is there to be felt, experienced, seen, recognized. And you might think, oh, I'm just making it up. Well, why would you make that up? So just go with what the experience is when you move into a different state and begin to use all of your sensual your perceptions to receive data about what that place, that realm, that dimension that you projected to is like. Now, when you go to sleep... And you lose awareness, excuse me, when you go to sleep and you think that you're not awake, the awareness of the soul is always awake. You just are at a level that is beyond what you could bring through to the egoic mind, which doesn't comprehend any of this. So you have to track where you have been while you were unconscious by a sense of knowing that something happened at another level because there's no way really to describe those levels through the linear 3D mind. But just know that there's a part of you that is always beholding the glory of God, that is always in God, one with God, aware of everything. And we'll go into that more in another uh, seminar. I really want to talk about moving from concept to pure awareness, which I'm just really exploring myself so it needs to ripen a little bit more in me so I can share in greater precision with you. But just know, as your takeaway for tonight, that you are where your mind is. You are where your heart is, always. You cannot but be where your heart is. So live true to that, to the very best of your ability. Live from your heart, not your emotions, not your gut, your heart. That part of you that is one with God. When we say heart, we actually are not speaking of a physical organ nor a chakra. We're speaking about connection. Connection. With your core being, your true self, your divine, omnipresent, omnidimensional, and transdimensional being. So, we can have some tea with that, maybe some cocoa if you're going to bed. But anyway, I bless you. The Ashtar Galactic Command blesses you. The vehicle vessel transmitter that's been speaking to you has been called Commander Lady Athena. And I do speak on behalf of the Ashtar Galactic Command. Love and blessings to every single one of you from all of us, airborne and on Earth. Yup, we're on Earth too. <laughs> So let's go out chanting. We're going to add an, "i" to the hue, which brings in a sense of oneness and empathy. You ready? Deep breath. An, I, Up your hands and just send a blessing. May all the beings of all the worlds be happy. May all the beings in all the worlds be peaceful. Good night and God bless you. Namaste.